Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, everybody. Tracy Brown here, and you are in for another episode in the Focus on Forgiveness. I don't know if you're like me. You can remember the listening to or watching some of the soap operas, and it would always fascinate me when they would say, and on today's episode, and I would just get drawn in like, yeah, what's going to happen? Is it going to be juicy? Is it going to be funny? What is it? Well, that's what the kind of anticipation I hope you are having and sharing with me right now on the Focus on Forgiveness Summit, virtual summit, virtual forum. Today, we have the opportunity to talk about and think about forgiveness from five different aspects. And you've dialed in, or you're listening to the recording, of the focus on forgiveness, especially when we are challenged by or have the opportunity to forgive family members. But there are other sessions as well that you might want to listen to. There's a session that's focusing on forgiving yourself, self-forgiveness. There's a session that provides you with four steps to move toward forgiveness. A session with Juliet Borster on the act and the attitude of forgiveness, and a session with Dr. Harry Morgan Moses on forgiveness, an actual process, a tool that has been proven over and over again to really, really work. So if any of those topics or titles interest you and you are wondering how you can access them, the easiest thing is probably for you to go to focus2015.info, focus2015.info, and uh, you will see links to um, the information on the sidebar, or you can click on classes. This virtual summit, Focus on Forgiveness, is being hosted by ReclaimJoy.com. And again, my name is Tracy Brown, and I'm the host for the summit and the founder of ReclaimJoy.com, where we believe that no matter what situation you find yourself in, you can find joy from within. And the idea for this Forgiveness Summit and the focus actually throughout the first quarter on forgiveness is a result of feedback and situations and conversations from the fourth quarter of 2014 where forgiveness just kept coming up and client after client found themselves working on forgiving themselves or forgiving others. So we decided in the first part of 2015 to lead into the year with that. So that's a little bit about uh, the Focus on Forgiveness. And again, you can find more information at focus2015.info or you can go to our primary site, reclaimjoy.com, and you can find out about all kinds of things that we're doing to help you find, reclaim, 
and choose, live your life from a place of joy. I have a lot of joy right here, right now, because I get to spend the next 50 minutes or so with Reverend Brenda Lambert. Brenda Lambert is what I like to refer to as a minister who really understands how to take spiritual principles and apply them in your own life. She has for many years helped to develop spiritual leaders in her local community as well as nationwide. She is well regarded and well recognized as someone who helps you walk your walk, not just talk the talk, and to really bring spiritual principle into the practical way of life itself. And so it's a delight to be able to talk to her about this spiritual concept of forgiveness, but in the real-world situations of what happens when you need to forgive people who you are bound to by blood and are always going to be related to no matter what happens. Um, And it creates, I think, a different situation than sometimes when we need to forgive someone who we just meet one time and never have to interact with again. So that's a little bit about Reverend Brenda. And so, Brenda, I want to welcome you in. So glad you're joining us. I am so happy to be with you, Tracy Brown, and just a participant in this virtual summit. I just am so thrilled that you are providing such uh, a platform for people to heal and and become free, and this is just one of the most magnificent things that is happening on the planet today. So I'm just grateful to be here. <laughs> yes, and you're breaking up just a little bit. So if you uh, are on a speakerphone, you might want to use the headset, and if you're using a headset uh, with a microphone, you might want to make sure it's right right below your mouth, so it's picking you up and not breaking up. Okay. I'm on a landline, so I'm not using a headset, but should I get my headset on? Uh, No, I I think just make sure you stay really really close to, you know, to to the headset in terms of your mouth. And if it, and if it does fade out or if we do con- start breaking up really badly, I'll let you know, and then we can, we can make a switch. Perfect. So I just, you know, I didn't really tell people about your background or any of that. Um, I just, you know, said, I think you're wonderful. <laughs> so is there anything you want people to know about your, your background or what brings you uh, into talking about this topic? Well, no, I'm I'm so certainly comfortable with um how you presented me to the to the world. Um forgiveness, you know, it's to me every day is all about love. And the work is about keeping our hearts open. And we can find so many reasons not to do the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, We'd rather be right than be in harmony. And so 
forgiveness for me has become just a way of life. And um, and I remember when I first really started to think about forgiveness. But first what I want to say is for anyone who's listening and everyone who's listening, this is about forgiving family but recognizing that all relationships are eternal, that whether you are in a relationship currently, that there is a vibration that has been established that is operating through you at all times. And so you can find yourself in a current relationship acting out of your yesterday or yesteryears, acting out previous relationships where it hasn't been cleaned up, where the relationship still is not in harmony. We are not the traditional um, or the old traditional social unit of two um, parents and, and children but our our social unit of family has is that which we most people now are consciously creating, and so this idea of family is goes much much deeper than just those who were born of your blood. Um, I love that, and I agree with it one hundred percent. And and we do try to live our lives in a way that uh, we remember that everyone is a part of the human family, but everyone is a part of our family. And you just triggered something in me that I'll have to think about after we get off the phone um, uh, in relationship to the eternality of relationships. Yes. And how even, and maybe it will come up while we're talking, but you, yeah, just triggered a thought in me about about, yeah, sometimes I'm not just reacting to um, or bringing forward an experience I had with someone 20 years ago, but I have had some experiences where I'm clear I've interacted with that person, maybe in a different body or form, at some point, at, at some other point in eternity. Yes, 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 yes. And so that opportunity for healing is present every day in every relationship. And right. and it's it's a beautiful thing when we begin to understand that um, how for me healing happens is in the moment that I forgive, it shifts every relationship I've ever been in and will ever be in. And so it's it's not just about the one relationship that's being healed, but it's that holistic approach that when I ch- change, when I touch it and change, then everything I touch changes. Yes. So um, for me, for family, and, you know, I'm I'm a person of deep, deep, deep love. So I have had three dads and two moms, and they weren't all blood um, moms and dads. My, my mom and stepdad and my biological dad hid the fact from me that I was adopted for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Not only from me, but I have nine uh, sisters and five brothers, and only three of them knew that I was adopted. 
So it was a really big secret. And um, and at, at the time I found out, what I recognized, maybe I recognized it in hindsight, um, was that there was an opportunity to have offense, to take offense. Oh, yeah. How could you? And to be righteous. And one of the things that really helped me move through that process and see it from a different point of view, to see it through the eyes of compassion, was having a child myself. Mm. And so I think that that's something that um, is very helpful when we're faced with the awareness that forgiveness is a choice, is can we practice compassion in this moment? And those what two would, words do go together, um, forgiveness and compassion. Yes. And and both of them are easy to understand, but then it's not always easy to apply forgiveness or to give compassion. So in that way, they're similar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for for for. I would say for any serious student of the law of attraction, any serious student of the science of mind, any serious student of a metaphysical basis, it doesn't matter if it's hard or easy, it's necessary. Yes. It's what is required to to elevate that consciousness to a place of continual oneness and unity, of wholeness and perfection. It's so it, it doesn't matter how hard it is, or how long it takes, the work it's required. If you are committed to applying these principles in your life, demonstrating consciousness and not things, then this is the path that you have to take. I am sitting here pouting because I know it's the truth and there's that part of me, like everybody else, that wants to whine and go, but it's too hard. I don't. I want it, but I want it to be easy. And why do I really have to? And then the other, you know, the other part of me, the voice on the other shoulder is, oh, just shut up. You know what she's saying is absolutely the truth. It's required. So just do it. Take the next step. Well, and I would say yes. I would pout, and I have pouted before, but what I came to understand was all I have to do is be willing. Right. The Christ consciousness in me knows how to forgive. Right. And so my part is, do I want to surrender it or not? Right. Am I willing? Am I willing? Am That's I willing? come up in a couple of other of the sessions as well, that willingness is such a big step. It's a, such a big part. Even though it's it may not feel like you're doing anything, you, the willingness actually propels you into the action. It really does. It, it it allows the action to happen through you. You actually become a channel for it to to express for that divine creative urge within you to express that willingness. Just puts you into an alignment with that vibration and everything then begins to fall into place. Yes. And so when we're no when it 
that's a good that's good feedback because when we go to the place of it's hard, then we know we're doing our ego is in charge. Right. And so that that's when we come back to unification. Right. That, and and it is um I love the way you phrased that that when we recognize that we're thinking or feeling or believing that something is really hard that it is our ego which is only trying to protect us and you know you don't know how to do this so don't go do it cuz you know it's not going to work or you should be mad at that person so you you shouldn't forgive them and you know it'd be too hard what they did was so bad that you can't forgive them, and all of that is the ego. And if we could have that, if if I could have that awareness and start to recognize it, then it would be easy for me to say, all right, that's my ego, and I'm a spiritual being, so I can I can choose to stand in what's the spiritual truth instead of letting my ego keep pulling me into the human desire to be, as you said, to be right rather than to be in harmony. Yes, and sometimes it feels so good. And I just have to admit to myself, I want to be right. <laughs> and then, you know, you got to lay yourself on the altar because uh, <laughs> there's some, you, you know, sometimes you have some strongholds there. And, oh, yes. and, 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 of course, we're in fear at that time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's the perfect time to just take a moment, take a breath, go within, and connect with that divine presence of of love that we all are. There is a saying, um, Rick Warren in his, his, his book, The Purpose Driven Life, Reverend Rick Warren wrote, um, he said, many people are reluctant to show mercy because they don't understand the difference between trust and forgiveness. Ooh, I like that. Forgiveness is letting go of the past. Trust has to do with future behavior. Oh, 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 that's good. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. Isn't that so great? One of the questions that I was that I caught in the atmosphere uh, and that I've used over and over and over again is what would God not forgive? Mm-hmm. This 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 principle, this presence, this power, this intelligence, this divine, this 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 energy that is giving of itself twenty four hours a day to the seven hundred seven thousand million people on the planet, to every living being, two legged, four legged, winged, a in the air, under the sea, in the earth, what does it not forgive? And I use that reference to let me know that all things are forgivable. Mm-hmm. And that we have that capacity because we are made in its image and likeness. We th- therefore have the capacity to forgive. Yeah, I've been in a couple of classes where the question of forgiveness 
you know, comes up just for a group discussion, not so much a right or a wrong. And um, I remember one of these discussions where we got into, you know, is forgiveness a, a God quality, a quality of God? And, uh, you know, the class actually was about evenly divided between folks who were saying, well, of course, you know, God forgives everything, and the other half of the class saying, well, God would say there is nothing to forgive because it's always, life is always unfolding and expanding and growing and shifting and changing, and everything that happens just is, you know, that the step to whatever comes after that, and that it's an always an iterative process that is always developing, so there's nothing to forgive. Um, and I, and as I listened that day, I remember thinking, well, actually, both sides, if there are sides, that they were saying kind of the same thing. Yes. You know, of what that forgiveness is automatic because if you're operating from love, then you see that this is what happened, yes, and now we're on to the next thing. We're not caught up in the past of it or what happened a minute ago, an hour ago, a decade ago, a thousand years ago. We're moving forward. Um, So, yeah, I love that. I love that, that thinking about forgiveness. How could you not forgive if God is about forgiveness? Yes, just that, that if we are love, if we are that energy, and if, if we live and move and breathe and have our being in it, then it's it's just a natural, that's our DNA. That's our divine nature. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, we learn unforgiveness. We're taught that. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> so as you were sharing about the class, the thought that came up was, there was two thoughts that came up, and one is, all mistakes fade into God. I love that song by Ricky Byers Beckwith. Yeah. No, no mistakes have been made in God. They all fade away. And then there's a scripture that says God causes all things to work together for good. All things. There's no exception to it. So it doesn't matter what's happened. It's there, There's a, um, a teacher that um, I'm with once a week. And he uses this phrase all the time. He says, nothing is happening to me. Everything is happening for me. Correct. Yeah, and it's just not always easy for us to remember that, right? We need that teacher in our lives every week saying it (laughs) so that we can go, "Oh, oh, yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, my electricity got cut off. Oh, that's happening for me, not to me. Oh, I lost my job. Oh, that's happening for me, not to me. I, you know, I, I think that's the that's the challenge for us. You know, oh, my partner decided to file for divorce. Oh, that's happening for me, not to me. Uh, you know, when things happen, whether we, you know, especially when we didn't expect them to happen or we feel like we did our best and and what's happening is is hurtful harmful 
difficult. It's so easy to think, to, to be in kingdom one consciousness of a spiritual consciousness of victim or non-spiritual consciousness. Of, <laughs> it's like, oh, no, that didn't come out right. A non-spiritual consciousness of I'm a victim here and everything is always happening and my life is so bad. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And that's when I had to tell myself, get thee to a practitioner quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and for those of you who are listening, that that might not have made sense uh, to, you know, get thee to a practitioner, uh, someone who can listen to you, or if, you know, it could be, it could be a minister or it could be a... um, a, a good, good friend who is going to listen to you and talk to you from with some spiritual guidance um, and and not get caught up in the story that you're believing right now. Yes. I love the way you said that because, you know, when we're – that's exactly what we're doing when, when we're telling the story. It's uh, our perception of what's happening. And it's yeah. not wrong or right. It's just a perception. Yes, it's it's just an experience. I have a friend who says it's just an experience, and um, and um, in that vein, you know, we say, well, some experiences can be painful, and that is so true. That is so true, um, and I know that. They are that they do not have the power. You know, situation, event, condition, personality has the power to keep me from expanding my consciousness. And what I mean by that is that's why I run to the practitioner quickly because I know there's another way for me to see this. I know there's another way for me to experience this internally that allows me to move forward in the world purposeful and purpose-filled still being loving, being more compassionate, being more understanding, and shifted and changed within myself. One of my my teachers, Reverend Eloise at East Bay Church of Religious Science, used to always say, honey, you just need to change your position. Mm, love that. Isn't that sweet? Simple, to the point, and true. Because <laughs> can't nobody change your position but yourself. Oh. But, you know, you're the only one who can't. No one can make you change your position. You've got no to one, it. That's true. No one can make you change your position, and no one can make you change your story. Right. And But you can tell the story a different way. Mm-hmm. You can tell the story a different way. There's a difference in saying, my mother didn't love me, and that's why I'm that way, 
um, and that's why I do the things that I do, to I grew up in a relationship where love wasn't shown. And I've worked through that. Right. And that inspires me to actually show and tell people I love them and show people I love them that much more. It's like, wow, I'm not a victim to what happened when I was growing up. I, I actually can see it for what it was, and I can choose who I want to be now. Yes, and I can choose who I want to be now. And a lot of my choice is comes out of that previous condition. Exactly. <laughs> but we might not be ready to be grateful for that. <laughs> well, that that is uh, so much of in all the conversations today. You know, that's what continually it comes back to. And this forgiving others and forgiving ourselves is all about clearing a a pathway in a forest so that I can actually walk through it without, you know, without fear, without feeling lost. You know, forgiveness opens, opens the way for me to, instead of, you know, crawling through bushes and not being able to see two feet in front of me, it's like, oh, there's a path. Oh, yeah. it's a path. I I can follow this, or create and or follow this path. Yes, I love it because forgiveness, it has, unlike anything else, it's one of the most powerful tools that we have in our spiritual toolbox. It has the ability to free the mind, to free it from aggression, from attack thoughts, from the need to be right. It ushers in clarity. It harmonizes relationships. It grants other people free passage through your mind, and it can restore you to a place of peace. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to ask anyone else for it. It's totally within within you. Everything that you need for that peace is within you. I like to think of forgiveness, um, the act of forgiveness is like a rotor rooter that clears away all obstructions. I mean, the anger, the envy, the jealousy, the shame, the blame, the guilt, the resentment, all of those feelings and emotions that clog and constrict life's natural flow. So it reopens that flow and reestablishes us in right relationship with other people, in right relationship with uh, the law of life. So I just want you to know, I'll be quoting you. I'll be saying, oh, and my friend and colleague, Reverend Brenda Lambert, says that the act of forgiveness is like a roto-rooter. Well, girl, now you know there are so many of us. There are people in the hospital today because of unforgiveness. We do not understand the physical effect anger, resentment, envy, jealousy has on our physical body that it stops the heart and mind from being coherent, congruent. And that shows up as clogged arteries. It shows up as what we attribute everything to, stress in the body that has a long-term effect. 
And so that is one of the reasons that spiritual, the spiritual practice of forgiveness must be done every day because if you don't, little things can, can, make, can cause a big clog. You know, there's no, um, there's no way that I can prove this, but you just reminded me of something that I do believe. And there has been some research related to the comment that you just made, you know, all of that, the stress, the anger, the resentment, all of that does show up. And if we don't forgive, that's what happens. It does get into our bodies. But my... um my dad and his brothers and his dad, my grandfather, you know, had a very traumatic experience happen when my dad was very young where basically, long story short, um, basically the my grandfather and his sons, the male children, needed to be removed from a place. They needed to leave town by a dark because there was a plan that the Ku Klux Klan was going to lynch my dad and the boys and to set an example, to make a point. And, of course, um, you know, this was the early part of the 20th century, and so that this happened in Mississippi and other states in the South on a regular basis. But the point that you just, when you made that point, what it triggered for me is um, – you know, for years and years, they wouldn't talk about it. It was a secret. And for years and years, they were afraid that they would be found. And for years and years, they um, the fear built up, but then when they got older, there was resentment about having to be, you know, run out of town, having to live in fear. And my dad came from a family that had um, 10 boys and one girl, 11 children. And um, and almost all of the men in that family, and definitely all of the older sons, um, more so than, you know, the ones who were born later and may not even have known about it until they were older, um, you know, they all had heart disease and diabetes and things happening in their physical, chronic illnesses in their physical body that I believe was the physical reflection of the unforgiveness. That they couldn't forgive, you know, I think by the time my dad was in his, you know, 50s or 60s, he forgave what actually happened or what he remembers of it. But by then there was so much damage done. And I don't think any of them ever forgave themselves for not being able to stand up for themselves or for black men, for not being able to stand up and demand a change, you know, for having to cower down and and take it. And I think that's true for a lot of African-American men who, you know, were born in the late 1800s and the first 25 or 30 years of the 1900s. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it was... Um, I, as you were telling the story, I had to practice remembering <laughs> that all things work together for good. Yes. Because man's inhumanity to man 
all I can say is it keeps me in prayer. It keeps me in prayer. Um, and that there is, I am so grateful that science is catching up with spirituality and saying that we have doctors out now like uh, Dr. Lisa Rankin and um, who's working with patients who have uncurable diseases and seeing reversals. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza is doing the same thing. And they're working with the mind-body connection. Noetic Institute is doing work and has been doing work for so many years. You can go online and and um, and they have um, case studies of illnesses that have been reversed. But all of them use are very much into that mind-body connection. Uh, Louise Hay was one of the first ones who introduced it when she was healing herself of cancer. And I have a girlfriend, and she tells me very often, she says, thank God for Louise Hay because she had a horrible case of colitis. And when she forgave her father, it went away. It just and she had tried everything that science could throw at it. Yeah, so it's really important. It really is important that we see the connection between forgiveness and the fullness of life. The connection between forgiveness and our health, especially. And isn't it tr- true for most of us that? If anyone knows how to push our buttons, it's family members. <laughs> if anyone knows exactly what to say to send us spinning off in an unhealthy direction, it's family members. And in this case, I can say, I can agree with you, whether it's biological family or family of choice, it's like the people who know you the best. You know, even when it's unintentional, you know, they may be just being who they are, but they're going to trigger more of a reaction than it would be if it was someone who you really didn't know. That is so, so true. That is so true. And, um, but, you know, and to me, that goes hand in hand with the idea of family. Because family are those people, Deb Kalita said this. She said, family are those people who put their arms around you and love you when you're not so lovable. Yes. So, yes. And, that, and that's one of the reasons that that um, definition of family or that, that unit of family is changing because we go out and we consciously grab people who will love us when we're unlovable. <laughs> not not that you know we'll just have sympathy for us and be empathetic about the experiences that we've had, but will love us love away the hurt places mhm, and when um you know, I don't think as we're talking about family the that's the beauty of forgiveness of family if it does hurt away those that kill those hurt hurt places those places from those some of the oldest wounds that we have 
and um, I know I was doing, oh, when I got uh, completed my ministerial studies, one of my sisters sent me uh, a card, and she said, I know Mommy and Daddy are in heaven, smiling down, and everybody's so proud of you. But just to that, that, just saying those words, I know your mom and dad approve of you, even though they're not here. Because mm-hmm. I was, it brought me back to the awareness that I'm still in relationship with them. Yes. And I believe that when people get to the other side, they're, they, they lose the need to be right. That all they send us is the energy of love. Yeah, I'm just taking that in, and uh, I'm taking that in and liking the way that feels. Yeah. So if 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 we're if I'm working with a coaching client and they begin to tell me all of you know their their limitations because of what their mother or their father or their first husband you know believed about them or told them or how they treated them. Um, sometimes you're right. Sometimes what happens is it's like, well, that's your story about them. You know, if they were here today, do you think they would say or do the same thing? And often that coaching client will say, well, probably not. Like, you know, I, I'll, I'll accept that maybe they've grown to another place or maybe because they were so ill before they um, – transition into, you know, their next next form that I did see a softening or I did hear something different and but I'm I'm still telling the story as I perceived it when I was 16 years old instead of what I know the story might might truly be at 45. And I'm telling a story. It reminds me of another um situation that I had. And I, I was with one of my family members, and, you know, every time they, that name was mentioned, I would just have my own little mental tirade. And I was really, <laughs> I mean, they were, it was, my mind was not a safe place for them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one day I started to listen to what I was saying about them mentally, what I was rehearsing, the story I was telling. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't anybody else's experience. Mm-hmm. Now, if I've got nine sisters and five brothers and I'm the only one <laughs> that has that perspective, I just, it just, you know, when, when the spirit sh- shone the light on, on that, it was like, okay, is this even true what I'm, how I'm, Framing this person. Right. And what I discovered was I, I, there was a feeling of inadequacy in me. There was a feeling of unworthiness in me. And it was easier for me to make her a bad person and not be in relationship with her than to do the healing work. Mm-hmm. 
makes a lot of sense, and I'm, we've all either done it or seen other people do that. And then the forgiveness becomes really forgiveness of myself, right? The story that I've made up or the way that I framed this and what I've thought about that person and what I've thought about myself. Yes, yes, and it's it's um, it's um, it it did involve that practice of self forgiveness, but more than that, it came it it gave me it took me into revelation knowledge of the truth of who I am. That I had to I look at that feeling of unworthiness and remind myself, but this is the this that's not the truth about you, Brenda. This is the truth about you. Mm -hmm. And let those, as you said earlier, those walls that we build up to keep ourselves safe, to recognize there's nothing out here to fear. And because when I started to think about it, it was like, that's one of my biggest cheerleaders. You know, everybody has a fan club. That's one of my biggest fans. Mm Mm-hmm. That was the truth. That is the truth still to this very day. And so when I was, I, I, but I couldn't even receive the love that was being gifted to me. Every time she, she called my name, it was with, you know, like, just, I'm trying to think like, you know, you want to put somebody in your mouth and eat them because they're so sweet. <laughs> It was it's that kind of relationship and I and I was not open to that until I forgave myself and recognized my own worth. One of the things that keeps popping up today and I'm not surprised by it but it's more I'm reminded but it just keeps popping up in every session the gift to oneself that forgiveness is. In, in and there are so many ways to say it, and there are so many you know, ways to experience it, but it always keeps going back to forgiveness as a process is really a gift that allows allows each one of us to have a bigger experience of love, of life, of joy, of peace. And isn't it interesting that even knowing that, how often we hesitate or we how long it can take to embrace the idea of forgiveness let alone actually do the work of forgiveness. <laughs> well, it's kind of like it, what came to mind um, as as you were sharing that was I often think of forgiveness as a get-out-of-jail-free card. Mm-hmm. But I don't recognize that it's letting me out of jail, mm-hmm. not the other person. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's letting me out of jail. It's exactly. That's a really great visual to have, too, because 
most of us, if not all of us, can can picture the Monopoly board with the, you know, the jail in the corner and wanting to always have a get-out-of-jail-free card and the idea that, yeah, I forget that I'm the one who's in the jail. Okay. And we can make our jail so pretty. <laughs> you know, somebody would come over and say, what's that smell? I don't smell nothing. You know, we just act like we don't smell nothing. But mm-hmm. I make it pretty and comfortable and cushy and stay right there. Stay right there. But today is a new day, and it's a new opportunity, a new chance to live a more expansive life. Life is just so eager to uh, uh, offer us these new experiences and these new ways of being. And forgiveness is one of those gateways that just usher it in right instantaneously, instantaneously. Well, you shared some really powerful quotes with us and some really um, great examples of things that require forgiveness. And, you know, and I agree with you, we can't emphasize enough that willingness is, having the willingness to forgive is such a big first step. Um, but And I'm noticing that our time is quickly winding down, so I, I'm just curious, is there uh, one specific practice or one specific reminder that you want to be sure that people take away from this conversation? One specific reminder would be that you have everything that you need within you to forgive. Everything. The willingness is the only thing that you, the willingness is your only part of it. The spirit within you will do the rest of the work. And as I say that, what what automatically popped up then was that, and each person will find their way. There isn't a process that works for everyone, but what I can say is a lot of times we think it has to be a conscious choice. And usually we have told the story of the offense over and over and over again that the mind is automatically goes there. The emotional, our emotional state, at the moment we begin to tell the story, our emotional state goes there. Our heart shuts down. Mm-hmm. And so forgiveness has to be a choice where you choose to tell a different story and you seek a different emotional state. And as in all things that we learn, as we are learning about this, the, the law of metaphysics and, and how it works in our, in our minds and in our bodies, we have to learn to sustain that new way of being and telling that new story. I love, love that reminder. We're gonna, we're not going to close quite yet, but before we do close, I just want to remind people that if they want to uh, access the recordings of the other sessions, 
or if they just want to find out more about what's available related to this focus on forgiveness, that they can go to focus2015.info or they can go to reclaimjoy.com. In a few weeks, we'll have a virtual intensive lab coming up that allows you to really go deeply if you are facing some challenging forgiveness situation or topic and maybe you've done some work on it but you just don't seem to be able to break through. Um, We are going to be hosting a multimedia lab for two weeks in March that allows you to do some self-learning, participate in group and individual coaching, and um, have a lot of resources shared with you. So please check out all the information about the Focus on Forgiveness VIP lab on the website. Um, And uh, coming up in future quarters, in the second quarter, we'll be focusing on confidence Uh, Forgiveness for some people feels like it's a little heavy and confidence feels like it's really fun, building more confidence and understanding how to do that and practicing it. In the third quarter, we'll be focusing on freedom, and uh, that really comes directly from um, the requests of we're asking people, you know, what's the spiritual quality you want to experience most in your life and learn more about, and freedom one hands down. And then in the fourth quarter, we'll be focusing on self-care. So all throughout the year, we we talk about all kinds of things under Reclaim Joy. Uh, But under Focus 2015, those will be the things that we look at quarter by quarter during 2015. And I just invite you to join us. So before we close out this session, Brenda, I really um, want people, if they have questions or want to know more about what you're doing, um, how can they contact you or is there something you're doing right now that you particularly would like people to know about? Ah, well, yes, I am. I am um, coordinating a virtual community for the Season for Nonviolence. It's a CSA-sponsored program, the Center for Spiritual Awareness, of where I'm a staff minister. and it is happening now. It's, we meet every day by telephone at 6 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time and guide people through uh, an opening prayer, a centering meditation, uh, introduce the principle and practice of the day, as well as uh, end with prayer. And so it's a, um, just this this. Summit is so wonderful being held during the season of nonviolence. Uh, if you have uh, any interest in that, you can go to csapeacebeginswithme.com. If you're interested in um, participating or knowing more about my personal practice uh, of counseling and mentoring, um, you can contact me at brendalambert.weebly.com. And I think that's it today. I'm just honored and thrilled and so grateful that you're doing such phenomenal work in the world, Tracy Brown. Uh, thank you. And I will put links to both CSA Peace Begins With Me and to your personal website on the focus2015.info page about the summit. 
So when people are going there to listen to the recording or if they just want more information, they can also look there for the links. And our time is just about up. Um, we've got a couple of minutes, and I um, I am just wanting to reiterate and recapture. Actually, you know what I really want? I didn't get it, and maybe somebody else wants it too. When you shared the Rick Warren quote, um, I don't know if you can, if you did that from memory or if you have it close at hand. I remember going, oh my, that's so powerful and that's so good. And I was so busy listening to it, I didn't write it down. Um, I, I definitely can repeat it for you here. That would be great. So, um, and it comes from uh, Minister Rick Warren in his book, The Purpose Driven Life. Quote, many people are reluctant to show mercy because they don't understand the difference between trust and forgiveness. Forgiveness is letting go of the past. Trust has to do with future behavior. Yeah, I love that. And I think that not only is that a great way to close uh, this session, it's a great reminder that especially with our family members, we have to let go of the past because we want to step into the future with these people in our lives. And as Brenda said at the beginning, very early in the session, family is much more than just the people who we are connected to by blood or by marriage, that we are all a part of the human family. And I hope that this summit is helpful to you in helping you forgive yourself and others so that we can all live in a world that works for all. Thanks so much, Reverend Brenda. I always enjoy talking with you. Been my honor and my pleasure, Tracy. <laughs> and everybody, I hope you'll visit reclaimjoy.com or focus2015.info for more information about what we're doing. My name is Tracy Brown, and I just want to remind you that no matter what situation you find yourself in, you can always connect with joy from within. Bye for now. Are are you still there?
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.